Welcome to the Be True to You podcast. I'm your host, B, and today I have my very first guest on my podcast. Everyone, please, 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 please give a warm welcome to Callie. <laughs> Callie. Oh my goodness. It's so lovely to have you. How are you doing today? I'm glad to be here. I would say that I can't believe I'm your first guest, but it's a solid choice. Right. Yeah. And we knew from the get-go. We were less talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the reason that I and you already know this, but I just had to choose Callie because Callie brings forth an energy that is so just true to herself in a way that a lot of people cannot grasp onto or are scared to like dive into that world. So I met her in Richmond through a mutual friend. Hey, Katie. I'm like already almost in tears. I'm like, well, we're 30 seconds into the podcast. Well, I just love you so much. And I just like, it's very, I knew this was something that We've talked about some of these topics before, and I just think that you have a really unique perspective, but also our perspectives are similar, so maybe mm-hmm. I'm calling myself unique, mm-hmm. which is hot. Um, so, well, with as all soon this as said, Katie and I met, you mentioned Katie being the link between us. Katie was like, my best friend, Bethany, you are going to love her, and you're going to love her immediately, and that's exactly what happened. I know. Yeah. I think that was the like most fun part is her texting me and being like, you got to come over ASAP because you got to meet Cal. And I was, she mentioned you all the time. I was like, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's what Where's I'm saying. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, it takes at least two business days. For sure. Um, two business weeks, honestly. Anyway, the point is, is that I had to have her on my podcast. And I want to start off with just um, the first question. For people that have not been on the podcast or listening right now, what I do is I run through a series of eight questions that um, are going to be answered by our guest. This week, obviously, is Callie, but next week it could be you. You have no idea. Um, Reach out if you do want to be on the podcast. With all this being said, Callie, thank you so much for being here. We're going to start off with question number one. This is going to be our three-for-one special. I want you to tell me who are you, what do you do, and is that where you want to be right now? Cool. First of all, like I said, honored to be here. I'm so excited. Can't wait to see how this goes. I feel like we're going to go a lot of places. Um, my name is Callie. I've lived in Richmond for almost a decade. This will be the 10th year at the end of this year. Wow. So I came here for undergrad in 2013. Been here for a minute. Kind of obsessed with this city. One of those people. Those, yeah. Those Richmonders. Yep. Um, I, first and foremost, I'm just a goofball. You know that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the girl. <laughs> You've seen the meme recently that's... My body is just a vessel for the bit. Yeah. That is, that's me. Yes. Arms outstretched, like, use me yes. for the bit. Yeah. I'm just like the girl that you whip up next to at the stoplight who's like, you know, really dehydrated, you know, disassociating to rap music. That's who I am. Absolutely. Most of the time. That's, uh, if I ever pulled up next to you, I'd know exactly <laughs> what I would see. Yeah. Just somewhere else. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. Behind the wheel, somewhere else. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a Scorpio. Heck I'm yeah. a certified proud crybaby yes ma'am i'm a i'm an aunt heck yeah i'm a daughter i'm a friend you know that's my most favorite role Uh, is friend tell me about don't you aren't you a mom as well oh shit yeah i have a dog (laughs) if she could understand english she would feel so sad that i didn't say that first i'm a dog mom shout out to luna who's about to be six in february truly precious animal has gone by so fast she is my best friend in the whole world. Yeah. 
Shout out to Luna. What's up, Luna? Luna. You're, at home, right, you're at home right now. Hold it down. <laughs> waiting for me to Make come home. Make her listen to this podcast. I'm going to be there soon, Luna. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, my gosh. She would love that. See? Including, really? Yeah. Include that. Um, yeah. What else? What do you oh, do? What do I do? Kiss me Um, I roll just about the best blunt you've ever seen this side of the Mississippi, dude. I can say for a fact right now that I will be... <laughs> The most skilled blunt roller you'll ever have on this podcast. I have to ask you a question. I'm so sorry. What's up? Whisk Khalifa calls. He says, quit your job. Come roll blunts for me every day. You going. 100%, dude. I mean, I'm sure the salary would be there, but that's something. I I went through a serious Wiz Khalifa phase in my freshman year of college. Yes. He came to VCU. I was really getting to smoking some weed for the first time, really. You know, you go to college. You can do whatever you want. Kept a G of weed in my dorm room once, and I couldn't sleep at night. I was so scared. I was like, they are coming for me, dude. Every night, I'm like, it's the RA. He's outside. He smells it, dude. I know he smells it. No. I mean, yeah, if Wiz calls, if anyone called for that position, yeah. like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. I just had to see you there. Yeah. No, I just had to. Sorry, Mom. Ask. Yeah. Sorry, Mom. They'll be all right. If anything, they'd, be, they'd benefit from the money. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we'd be making yeah. big banks. Um, okay, so that's what you do. Yeah, other than that, I, what do I do, you know, for money, actual money, until I'm called to, to be a blunt roller, I right. work in corporate America, which I love telling people that. I feel like it's kind of the least interesting thing about me. I've probably explained that to you before. I'm grateful uh, to have a job and stability, but I am not a career person. Yeah, I feel that. I. Um, this kind of leads into your next question of am I happy where I am? Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, like, I'm grateful to be where I am in the sense that, like, my gratitude for everything that I have outweighs anything that I might feel like I'm missing out on or I don't have yet or I haven't experienced yet. Yeah. Um, I just kind of choose to, you know, let, you know, this is so cliche, let the journey take me where it's going to take me and, you know, be grateful for what I have right now. But in terms of the job aspect, like... I work from home. I wear sweatpants all day long. Ugh. My dog is right next to me. Um, I dogs. make enough money to have fun and live, you know, and like actually be able to yeah. do things. So that that has worked out well, honestly. Heck yeah, I think too. Just sometimes, like I talked about this in my last episode, but sometimes it's the good, the bad, and the stagnant, mm-hmm. and I think that that's okay. Yeah, because sometimes stagnant is like you don't have to be either or the good or the bad. And both of those can bring such highs and lows to me as someone who feels emotions so passionately when I am stagnant, I'm like thankful. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're at a point where I'm at like a stability. I feel comfortable. I feel safe. 100%. I think a lot of us may feel that way. I do. I resonate with that. Yeah. Um, stability can feel a little scary or a little even boring. Yeah. But, and so, yeah, there we go. Sold. We're moving on to the next question. Number two, Carol, what is the biggest breakthrough you've had recently or of all time? And what was the reward of that breakthrough? So obviously you sent me these questions in advance so I could, I could prepare a little bit. I and did. I thought about this one for a while. There's a lot I could say, but the one that stuck out the most, I think, was, I mean, to put it simply, learning not to hate my body. Yeah. Um, it took a lot of relearning um, because a lot of it was stuff that I was forced to learn 
from my parents or in school or from society. I mean, society, as I've said to you before, like, she did her job. She did a number on me. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, I don't have a single friend that doesn't struggle with body dysmorphia or hasn't in the past or, you know. I think that was something that was really crazy to me is I remember when I, like, first started realizing that I was, like, a bigger person. It was everybody around me, no matter what size they were, especially women, were so scared. Mm-hmm. Everybody was having the same thought process of, like, I'm not good enough. I don't feel – I don't like the way I look. I don't – and then that to me was just a telltale sign that that's just society telling us. You know what I mean? Like, none of us are going to look exactly the way we're supposed to. Even the people that look exactly mm-hmm. the way they're supposed to hate their body. Yeah. I mean, that's the – it's so sad that that's what – they want us to feel, you know, yeah. they being the larger they is, is actually to hate our bodies. They make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. When I think back about my journey as a whole with my body, you know, this is something I've talked a lot about in therapy. I've talked about this so many times and thought about it. <clears throat> I didn't really start having thoughts about my body or what it looked like compared to others until someone told me to. So... That for me was, in high school, I really wasn't having any thoughts of, even though it was true, you know, compared to my extremely skinny best friend at the time, who was six inches taller than me, I mean, we just could not have looked more different. I I wasn't thinking about it until someone else brought it up. And that first person was uh, a volleyball coach who was honestly pretty close to me in age. He was like a college kid. He was, he was nice right? and meant nothing by it. Like he was, he felt like a friend of mine. He was trying to compliment me. And he said in the weight room, after we've been doing some lifting, he said, you know, your, <laughs> your thighs are not proportional to the rest of your body. He, you know, Classic. if only you all could see Bethany's face right, right. now. Right. Yeah. Classic. Um, uh-huh. And I just was like, wait, what? They're not? Right. They're what not. do you mean? Even though, so like looking back, I can recognize, I recognize what he meant. Right. You know, malice aside, like, yeah, I have thick thighs. Right. I, you know, they're here. I love them. They were thick in high school, but like I had no idea. And that was kind of the first moment for me where I realized, oh my God, some pe- other people can perceive me. Yeah. Oh people my are God. Other me. people have thoughts and feelings about my body. That's insane. Yep. That's wild. Yep. And then... I know it didn't really it didn't get evil towards myself then it didn't right. get hateful towards myself then I got a lot you know I got attention from guys in high school yeah I wasn't you know I wasn't trying to but you know that attention let me know that okay at least we'll like at least you know guys are giving me attention so right. I don't have to go towards hating myself yet right right so we're I'm that's you know me realizing okay other people have eyes and they can see me right okay yeah all right and oh they can also make comments about my body should I let me also start thinking about my body. I go to college. I gained a lot of weight my freshman year. I mean, literally the first thing I did, day one of Cali in college was, you're telling me I can walk to Kroger right now and get a jar of Nutella and yeah. bring it to my dorm room and yeah. eat it and no one's going to fucking say anything to me or Nobody look at can say so anything. So, like, yeah, I mean, your girl put on some fucking college weight and yeah. that was Same. that. And I, w- I remember recognizing that and feeling that, but I went home uh, for break, for Thanksgiving break or something, to see my mom, my dad, and I remember I was in the TJ Maxx parking lot in Blacksburg, Virginia. 
And I place the B, baby. Yeah, place the B. In the car with my mom, and I remember, you know, expressing to her that I was, I think, feeling uncomfortable in my body. And she's a nurse, and you know, looks at things very black and white in terms of health, which makes sense. But it also means that she looked at me and said, "Well, you're you're probably uncomfortable because you need to lose about thirty pounds." Right. And in that moment, I said, "Okay, oh, oh my God." We walked into the TJ Maxx. I got six steps in, and I said, "Yeah, no, you're gonna need to take me home right now. I'm gonna have a panic attack and I'm gonna right. cry." And we went home, and she felt she felt very badly that she, you know, hurt my feelings. She didn't mean to. She she said, "I thought you wanted my advice and my opinion," and I was like, "I thought I did, but I also had no idea that other people were thinking that about me. Like I yeah. just had no. I really didn't think that's what she was going to say." Right. And, like, the number 30 to me, I mean, it sent, she, it sent me, dude. It's too direct. It was too yeah. spot on of, like, clearly she had been thinking about this. Yeah. And and so then I went, oh, everyone else is thinking that, too. I right. just spent half a semester at college, and every single person – I mean, I remember going home and thinking, laying in bed and thinking, oh, if my mom thought that, yes. every single yes. person I've ever encountered yes. in my first semester of college also thought that about my body. Yes. And they haven't been telling me. And God forbid I've been walking around with confidence this whole time while people are thinking I need to lose 30 pounds. Like, <laughs> holy shit, like, how dare I? I mean, I felt disgusting. Yeah. I felt awful. And I got on Weight Watchers immediately, and I lost 35 oh pounds in four gosh. months. Dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll show you pictures later. Okay. Like, I, it got to a point where my closest friends were like, okay, uh, you're done. I think we're done. You're done. Like, I think, I think it's enough. And, yeah. like, I felt better, honestly. Yeah. But that's also because I I gained weight, yes, but I, I also was not focusing on my health at all. And that's right. like a whole other side to the thing that we can get into. Right, of course. But that really was the moment for me. And that's still a moment that I talk about in therapy, yeah. the 30 pounds moment. And it's a moment that I recently had to dissect with my mom. And it was yucky. Yeah. Like it was not fun. I was going to say, I think when I came home from college, I mean, my parents made a million comments growing up. But um, when I came home from college, I literally had to set the boundary. I was like, I'm moving home. And you cannot say a word to me. Like, we are living under the same roof. I cannot hear it from you people. Like, not anymore. And they've never really said anything since. Every once in a while, my mom will make a backhanded compliment. My dad's never said anything. But my mom, it's so weird that we're talking about this, uh, texted me and was like, I hear that, like, you have a job offer on the table. And I was like, I do. Crazy enough. Like, I used to work from home, so I only have sweatpants. She was like, well, I'll buy you an outfit. And my mom had my. This is the same woman that used to tell me like, "Oh, you're over a size eight. Like we can't go shopping. Mm-hmm. To let me know when you're a size eight. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, I feel so weird mm-hmm. that all of a sudden now she wants to go like and partake in these things with me and is like offering. Yeah, I would. F- yeah, I would feel weird too. And it it just I've had feelings recently. Like like over Christmas, my mom wanted to know what size shirt I wear. Because she wanted to buy me a gift. And I was like, no. No way. I'm not telling you, dude. I cannot tell you that I wear an extra large. Yes. I literally can't say that to you. Yes. And it's just, you know. The mom hurt and the the mom trauma there is hard because I had a conversation with my mom actually over over Christmas break about my body and, like, how just even being a larger body person in general in this world. Yeah. You're, you're going to have some moments where you people are perceiving you. And I've had moments where they take it a step farther of, like, also making comments. Like, right. 
I've been on the streets of Richmond and just my favorite one is in a diner. In in I don't know if I've told you. This. I don't think I've heard this. Story. You I mean I wish you I would remember. I wish you would have been there. You would have. I mean Lost it would have been mind. on site. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, like this currently right now, I'm in the largest body I've ever been in, and I I hate myself the least I've ever hated myself. Isn't that crazy. But which we'll talk about. But in college, I was in a diner with a boyfriend, and I mean, to speak freely, your girl. Girl's packing back there. Baby. Well, yeah, but she also oh. was, you know, I was little compared to like <laughs> what you know what I look like right now. Right, but you right, know, right, right. bear that in mind. But a random, I'm walking out, and a random drunk as hell, large-bodied himself, stranger Classic. at a table, just was like, like have a great night, fat bitch. And I, I didn't hear it until. I was three feet beyond his table. And then I was like, oh, my God, that man, what? I walked back to the table. Right. And, you know, teaser, there's not a cool ending to this story. So nobody get excited. <laughs> I walked back to the table and I was like, what did you just say? Right. I wanted him to say it again. And he was, I mean, he was so drunk. To be honest, I don't I don't think he saw me. Right. Like, I don't think his eyes were working. Right, right, right. I don't think they were even open. Right. At the table. His friend was so embarrassed and was like, I am so deeply sorry that he said that. Okay, well, and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I just wanted to see if he had anything else to say. Right. And then I just, you know, I left. <laughs> I left. And my boyfriend was like, I should have gone in there. And I was like, yeah, you should. I'd be a stupid idiot. But, yeah, like, it's cool. Um, just stuff like that. Yeah. So, I, so th- those things exist. And then just in general in the world, being larger bodied. And then, you know, within your family, too. Because, like, you know, your family is this whole other world of right. life. And I had to have this conversation with my mom over Christmas, like I was saying, because we got on the subject of my health in general. And I was telling her that I think I'm going to start this new medication. Um, I think I might have ADHD and it might help with that. And she, she said... She made a comment that hurt my feelings about that, that specific health news. And I knew she had some other questions about my health that she wanted to hear about. And I said as calmly as I could, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I want to talk, I don't know if I want to talk about the rest of it because you hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um, specifically in regards to taking the new, the new medication, she said, oh God, my 28 year old daughter's taking another medication. First of all. I don't really think I take that many medications, yeah. even if I did. But I said that just was that's not a helpful comment. No, um, you know. Oh as, my god, my twenty-eight-year-old daughter's finally getting the help. Yeah, that her exactly. Body needs. And I'm like, I have the wherewithal to. to I, I'm proud of myself. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm good with what right. I'm doing, and like right. I, I see that I'm helping myself, and blah blah blah. But I was like, I don't really know if it's the best. If we should really go down the health path, but right. just like any good. <laughs> holiday with the family we took the path of yeah, trauma of we took the path of trauma and we had uh, an awful discussion that probably needed to happen just you know yeah really not a cool time but just about how the way that she spoke to me growing up the way that she spoke to herself about her own body that looks exactly like mine does now yeah. like has really affected me and that like I I had to change my own head yeah. I had to change my own wiring that like I I so to bring it all full circle kind of um in college you know we had the 30 pounds moment I lost a bunch of weight 
And slowly since then, my body has looked a lot, like pretty different year to year, depending on what's going on, as bodies do. Right. Um, but I would say in the last five years specifically, you know, after losing weight and then gaining weight and being in weird relationships, I've I just had to stop yep. participating yep. in the hatred. Like I just had to recognize that this simply does me or my body yeah zero amount of good like yeah. I don't have the energy or the capacity to think about my body in such a terrible way like it got to a point where I couldn't even put I didn't want to put lotion on my body after I got out of the shower like I there were I would be at home alone like bathroom light off showering yeah just like covered all the mirrors yeah like, yeah shopping would turn into this like terrible experience every time of just like Still really, sometimes, yeah, like he, for sure, and mainly just and it, that I feel like that's a whole other topic. Look, yeah, I'm, I think you're saying key. less because of self hatred and more just because there's no fucking options, none, yeah, zero. Or like for me, I'll even go into a store that says we have curvy clothes, and I'm like, well, they're not for my curves, right? I don't know who's, and I'm I like, don't know whose curves y'all are looking at. Specifically, I just went into Abercrombie, and they have, I know, I know. I just sit back because, like, I, I, I put my body. I'm, I'm, just, I'm bigger than Cal, so me going to Abercrombie, like that, that would never happen. That's not even a thought that crossed have my mind. People that look like you, really, on they have changed their whole thing. I bet they're trying. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I mean, yeah, they wanted to survive, right, 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 or, like right, just right. like Victoria's Secret had to change her whole thing. Oh, don't y'all get me started. You want to be relevant? Okay, well, you're gonna have to um, be less disgusting and toxic. So yeah. join the game. Like you're gonna, y'all have to catch up. You have to take you you people with me. But it's so fine. I'm just honestly trying to find a fucking pair of jeans that fits me and I'm yeah. trying everywhere dude I've been in Torrid like it doesn't it just doesn't work I don't know yep. and I'm like in Abercrombie they have people wearing the jeans that are bigger than me and I'm like what is the issue here right. like oh my god no it's it's very frustrating um but I'm gonna take you back so we're yeah, take me back to um well first of all your moment um where were we here we go Backing it up to yeah. win, win. Like I said, the ADHD. That'll... No, no, no. I know. And I I mean, I low-key probably have it, too. There's, I have to wear shoes. I'm wearing slippers right now. If I don't have shoes on, things aren't getting done. It's a miracle we've gotten this far <laughs> in the conversation. You know what I mean? You have a question, too. I cannot. Um, no, I want you to uh, take me back. You were talking to you about your mom. You went down the health yeah, path. the whole journey. Your journey. But I want you to go back to college. When did you have that moment? You were talking about the threshold. Yeah, the threshold. Of saying, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I don't know when the moment was, but I just started. I the biggest thing that sticks out in my mind in terms of actions was I, I just I just stopped following people on Instagram. Yeah, that made me want to rip my skin off. Yeah, my own skin off, and I started following people that looked like me. I started following accounts of girls who thought about moving their body in the same way yeah. that I did. Like I, I just. I'm not. I'm not going to be a power lifter. I'm not the girl that's going to run four miles every day. It's not happening. Nope. What I will do is, I'll go on a lot of walks. Like I do like going to the gym, but I don't want to think about it. Yeah. In just in the way of rigidity that it's often. I can't um, go to gym. You know how? Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I just. I can't. It's, it's so. It's, I mean, I'll go to a gym. I feel hot as hell. See, at I the can't. gym on a treadmill. Are Ooh. you kidding me? No, I'm so scared. I'm, I'm just, I literally, on the, tr- on the treadmill at the gym, I am convinced <laughs> that every single man 
is at least going to try to walk behind me at least 100%. once to see what's going on. Back Again, there. as stated before, Callie's packing back there. So, like, yeah, <laughs> if I had what Callie had, I would absolutely be doing the same thing. Um, chill. But, yeah, she's not wrong. Um, <laughs> um, but back to back to the transition. I yeah. started following people that m- move their bodies in ways that I wanted to or spoke about it spoke about it in terms of how it can affect your head and your brain space more than it, than talking about it and how it can change your body or you can be smaller. Right. Um, and that's also not how I was raised. So that's something I had to talk to my mom about as well. Like mm-hmm. you guys were great parents, but like you also played a part in this toxic narrative and rhetoric that I've had in my brain for so long that also attaches like forces or forced me to attach my self worth to how much I moved what my body looked like when it was moving. Yeah. Before I was moving right. or like, you know, just my worth in general and size. But I started following people who looked like me. And even just seeing a girl who like when she bent over, her stomach moved, moved. or rolls formed. Like I remember that in the beginning of just being like, oh my, I know you get this. Just as simple as like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look at her. Right. She's she's sitting down on a couch with her pants unbuttoned, and I can see three rolls on her stomach, and she's eating a bowl of cereal, and she's smiling. Yeah. And it was just as simple as being like, I could do that. Yes. I could take up space in that way. Yes. This is a um, a little note that I have that I wrote to myself actually in one of Indy's classes. Um, but it is it is so important. You just are you should be allowed to take up as much space as you need, and that's what I wrote to myself. Um, because it's that. so important. Um, and I love that you were able to find that and know. I yes. have to tell myself that too. Example, I, you know, maybe a couple years into the journey of just kind of like getting myself hip to the world outside of, I'm either going to weigh 140 pounds or I'm going to hate myself. Like, yeah. you know, even so the first step was like just the awareness of like, there actually are other people that look like you that are happy with their life yes. and are loved by other people yes. and desired yes. and they love themselves. Like, but so that was the first step. And then there were other little things too. A big thing for me for a while was shorts. I was really self-conscious about my legs and I would, I mean, you know how the Richmond summers are. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's 95 degrees and I'm wearing yep. ankle length leggings in the summer just cause, yes. Because I don't want to wear shorts. Yes. I'm, oh my god, I saw a meme lately that, or recently that said, "It's so embarrassing wearing shorts because everyone can just see my legs. Like these are my legs, <laughs> Jesus Christ!" And I'm like, "That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm just supposed to show the people of Kroger my legs." Yes, uh, I love legs, low key. Yeah, I um, I started wearing shorts. Like honestly, like two or three summers ago, I was like. It is just, there is just not enough time. I don't have enough time exactly. on this earth yeah. to not wear shorts in the summer, dude. No. I don't have, there's not enough time for me to be this uncomfortable. Right. And I don't care what the people in Kroger think of my legs. Like, you know what I mean? Just also, like, I have to wear the for shorts. the record, if I was in Kroger, like, thank God you're wearing shorts. You know what I mean? We're all blessed thank and lucky. You. So just keep that in mind. Um, so obviously we've made it through that breakthrough. What has been the reward what has made you just proud of yourself for being able to break through that mindset? I want to say, well, the reason I chose to talk about this is because the the reward or the impact is so huge. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Same. The reward in body neutrality. And let me be clear. I say body neutrality specifically because some days I love my body 
And some days I don't love my body, but I don't have any room for hate anymore. And it's so much easier to take the road of neutrality. Whereas I look at my body in the mirror and I don't think, I don't think anything hateful. Yeah. I, I sometimes, and you know, in you know, different weeks, it maybe goes from sometimes to often right. say things that I love about my body, but neutrality just means like, here's a perfect example, a pretty vulnerable example, but I'll share it with you. Thank you. I have new little stretch marks. I'm not, I'm not new to the game of stretch <laughs> marks. Let's be clear on that. I'm not new to the game. Love them. But like, I just noticed some new ones recently yeah. in a place that I don't have very many. Okay. And so Callie five years ago would see probably these cute little, they're cute as shit, dude. They're pink, little tiny little stretch marks. Callie five years ago, first of all, would not have said anything like that, would have hyper fixated on that and gone down some crazy path of like, let me get my planner out and figure out how I'm going to change my body in the next three weeks to hopefully shrink these stretch marks and make my body smaller and just, I'm going to fix it. And oh my God, I need to work out more probably. And oh my God, like, I hope I can get some sort of bathing suit that'll cover this up in the, you know what I mean? In the summer. Now I look in the mirror and I'm just like, that's my body. You know, like simply put, yes, here's my body. Um, I'm really grateful for the legs that I have and the two arms that I have. Yes. And I'm really funny and I have great friends and also there's my body over there. Like it's just, a, you know. I don't think people understand how like privileged it is to be able to look down and say like, oh, look at my two legs that are working. Well, have you, that's one of my, I don't know if I've ever said that around you. I'd be shocked if I hadn't. But if I'm having a moment, if I need a moment of gratitude, I just say, I have legs, bro. Yes. Like I literally have two legs. Yes. Yes. Um. Two legs. I have two arms. Right. You know, I have like, all my five senses, and I would yeah. I would be devastated if I lost like one of those. So like to me, just being able to say I have all of that. How in the world am I going to be grateful in that moment and also hate at the same time? Yeah. Like that's just not in the. Yeah. I think you already said it, but it's just like you don't have the energy, you don't have the space for mm-hmm. it. Um, it's not it's not worth it in the end. It's as you've mentioned, and I know you relate to. So you talked about it. I mean, it was exhausting Yeah, to oh care God. about my body that way and to care about what other people's perceptions of my body might be, yeah. to care about it in the way that I was caring about it, caring, caring about it, carrying that was so heavy Yes, and exhausting. And yes. so your question, what's the reward or uh, the reward of the breakthrough? The reward is that I have, I, I can't even explain to you the the increase in the amount of room I have in my life for joy, for mm-hmm. experiences. Yeah. Like there is just so much more room to think about other things. I, you know, I think I can enjoy two more seasons out of the year than I was enjoying five years ago, specifically yeah. spring and summer. Like yes. it's just, it's more peaceful, dude. Like yes. I having, hating yourself in that way is it's like I said, it's exhausting. It takes up so much energy. And like my favorite example um, that I've been thinking about recently is just to, to see how much I've come full circle. We went, I went to the beach this summer with my family. Katie came for a day. Indy came for a day. Um, this is again, this is the largest body I've ever been in. I, I've never hated myself less. We went out. I didn't even think about it at the time. I'm thinking about it in retrospect, like I just, I didn't think about my body at all right? on the beach with my family. And I say specifically my family because 
I have such good friends and I've had such good friends that like I don't often think about my body in negative ways when I'm around my friends just because I feel very uplifted by all of you. Yeah, we have a great support system. But like as as I mentioned, there's some weird <laughs> trauma and right. past with my mom and right. like not wanting to disappoint my parents. Yes. But I just like not only did I not think about my body, I don't care. Like I don't really care to know if my parents were thinking about my body, if what my mom was thinking about my body, what my mom was thinking about how it looked. Like, yeah. I don't care. Yep. And I really, really, really would have cared. Yeah. And I don't, there probably would have, I don't even know if I could have gone to the beach. Like, right. And back then, if you had told me, hey, someday you're going to be X amount of pounds and you're going to go to the beach and wear a bikini that has your butt cheeks just hanging out, dude. <laughs> Right. And you're going to have fun and you're going to play games with Katie and Indy and Dan on the beach and you're going to run around and you're not going to give two shits about what your body looks or feels like or how it's moving. I would have been like, no chance. Right. First of all, I would never weigh that much. Right. And second of all, I would never let anyone see my skin. Right. Like how, like. Are you crazy? Yeah. And that's just sad. And so, you know, I know that there are a lot of people that struggle with that. Yeah. And I just it is possible to reteach yourself because that's what I had to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, again, just uh, there comes a point in our life where we just have bigger fish to fry, yeah, right? exactly. And that just can't fit into the schedule. It, it just doesn't. And I think that it's a beautiful thing that you found it at an early age because some people do let it kind of eat at them for years and years and years. So, again, for us to kind of know that and know that that's what's going on is, uh, I don't know, I think that it's a beautiful thing in its own little nice way. Sorry, I just got a FaceTime, and that completely threw me off. Hey, Jack. Call you back in a bit. Popular. Um, Popular. He's, he's actually helping me with the podcast. <laughs> I have, like, three more questions than I need him. Um, okay, so let's move on to question number three, and that is, what is the weirdest thing you do that com- – whoa. What is the weirdest thing that you do that makes complete sense to you, but not many people around you? Mm. Um, well – this isn't what I was going to say, but let's just say it for yeah. humor. Sometimes I do occasionally sleep in the bathtub. Okay. Um, not really on purpose, but I don't really think it's that big of a deal. When I say that, people are like, Callie, that's so dangerous. You could drown. And I'm like... Oh, my God. Wait, there's water in it? Why yeah. Why did I think that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, for sure. So I, let me... Yeah. It's like, oh, cute. Some pillows. No. And like some like, no. No. Wild. Yeah, butt naked in the tub, taking up. It starts as a bath is the right. whole thing. I'm right. like stoned. I'm right. a little cold. I'm right. like, let me get in the bath. Right. I. One thing you should know about Callie. She's taking a bath. I'm, I'll be taking a bath. Yeah. And I'll take three a day. Hell yeah. Good for you. And side note, yes, I am aware that water costs money. And oh my gosh. And I know. I know that. I'm so sorry. Pay your own bills, honey. It's an anxiety thing. It helps me. I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be, I'm gonna be in the bathtub. Yep. If I get in the bathtub late at night, I live alone. No one's there to stop me. Right. I might get sleepy. Yeah. And I might just say, instead of, you know, mm, I'm getting sleepy, let me get out of this tub, I'm just going to stay in the tub a little bit. Is the water getting cold? Yes. <laughs> Wait. Is that going to stop me, you know, from doing it? No. There, I've, I've done it for at least an hour and a half. I was literally hour and a half, what's two the hours. longest? What's the longest? Two hours. Oh, my God. Two or three hours. And I'll wake up, I mean, and, you know. My whole body's not under the water. Let's be clear about right, that. Right. There's some peaks and mountains and valleys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think nice. I wake up because I'm cold. And I wake gotcha. up and I'm sitting straight up, dude. I, as if I'm just a mummy that has sat up. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's how I fall asleep. Just my head straight I up. I just hear the water just like. <laughs> and to also be clear, the oh tub, not that big. Not listen, that big. Listen, I've been, I've been to her place and I can confirm. Not that big. Yeah. So that's something I do. That I, I think that. a lot of people will think is weird. That wasn't my real answer. Do you want my real answer? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. Not that I'm recommending trying the tub thing. No, and I think I mean, your like, head is above water. I recommend more baths. Right. But like that's just some lazy shit I'm on, I guess. No, I love that. It's not even that comfortable. What? Neither is. It me. is funny to wake up from though. You're like, all right, sis, go to bed. Right. Just get up and go to bed. It's fucking psychopath. Yeah. It's well, fine. I mean, if you're cold, if I was still warm in the water though, if I woke up, I'd probably go back to sleep in there. I just genuinely don't take baths because I'm a bigger person. I, I just don't fit into baths. Hello. Yeah, fair. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. One day I'm going to get one. It's going to be a big old tub. And I'm going to take myself a bath, honey. I was recently pet sitting. Oh. And they had a bath that could have fit. I mean, bro, I could lay my – I laid my whole body Stop. down in it. Crazy. Head completely resting on the floor. Arms a little bit outstretched. It was so big. Oh, my god! I didn't gosh. even need to take a bath, but I did. You know what I mean? Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Could have that one though. Cannot sleep in there. Right. You cannot sleep in that. No. Well, I think that yeah. that that shows that you're not out here making the exactly. wrong decision. You're exactly. being smart about it. Exactly. So if you want to sleep in the yeah. bath, sleep in the bath. All right. What's your real answer? <laughs> my real answer. I hesitated. I was like, Am I going to give my real answer? And I am. It's pretty vulnerable, but it's fine. Most. I mean, I'm a pretty open person. It's just it's a it's a weird one to explain unless you've witnessed it. Okay. We've been friends for like a year. Yeah. Um, which is, feels weird to say out loud. It feels longer than that. But I don't know if you've witnessed me do this. That's fair. I, as someone who's a big feeler, and as someone who highly values relationships, breakups for me have always looked pretty intense in a way that makes my friends have the reaction, my therapists have the reaction, my parents have the reaction of like, is this like, are we, are we good? Yeah, like, is is this the only way we can handle this? Like, right. Like, everyone's worried. And um, I'll do my best to explain it in a concise way. But starting with my, my first breakup, age 15, I thought this boy, I thought I was going to marry him. Mm-hmm. So cute of me. He's a Republican now. Good enough. He drives a red truck. Like, I just, I really <laughs> thought I was going to marry him. Wow, yeah. So, I mean, I, I was devastated in a way that was just so unlike any emotions that my peers were portraying, outwardly at least. Like, right. I even peers going through similar things. Like, it got to the – I was 15. He broke up with me. I truly had no idea how to manage my feelings, which were so big and huge. Yeah, I feel that. To the point where my mom is emailing my teachers behind my back saying – Hey, is Callie crying in class? And they're all saying yeah. yes. And this went on for months, dude. Oh like, it is so. I look back on like 15 year old Callie with love. Like, right. I get it, sis. Like, I, I get it. Cause I've been, you know, I'm 28 now. And we still have those, you know, our feelings are still that intense. Yes. But like, I really had no idea what to do with them. Like, yeah. I was so. It went on. I'll never forget it because I. I counted the days and the months of how long I felt that sad. It went on for, like, eight months. That's a long time. Yeah, like, I – and it's not to say that, like, my parents weren't trying to help me. Right, They were. I think I – I don't know if I had started going to therapy yet, but, like, I had a lot of good friends. I was talking to, you know, an older mentor and, like, my parents, and I just – I could not – I could not regulate myself. 
It took me a long ass time. And I think, too, I mean, I don't know how many traumatic things in your entire life have hurt you, but losing a loved one, especially when they're still living, is a crazy experience to be going through at 15 years old. I cherish, you know, for what I've discovered in therapy of, oh, why do romantic things impact you so significantly? Right. Just in a general sense of, like, I value that so much. Your girl loves love. I want to get married. I want to find my person, et cetera. I've known that since, you know, clearly age 14. I'm real clear on that. Right. So, like, it just matters intrinsically. It matters a lot to me. So I generally experience feelings in a large way. Yeah. And then when it gets to an area that really matters to me probably the most, I mean, everything is just feels, you know, magnified. It feels to the extreme. So that was my first breakup. I mean, it was awful. It, embarrassing isn't the right word. It just was like, it was some wild behavior. Yeah. Like, I really just had no idea what to do with my yep. feelings. And they were so big. And then, flashing forward, you know, I, I dated someone in college for a long time. And he was a good guy. We just certain we just, our relationship ran its course. Nobody yeah. did anything malicious. Yep. It was definitely time for us to break up. But I, I could not, like, grappling with that, I was so scared of the change yeah. of knowing that I, I knew that I needed to break up with him. I was 20, I think. And okay. it got to the point How where long did you guys date? we dated. So at that point when I'm 20 and I'm thinking we need to break up, we had been dating for two years. I met okay. him like immediately upon coming to college. Classic. And the beginning of it was great. It was super cute. Like I, woo, we're putting it all out there. I lost yeah. my virginity to him. It was like, honestly a great love Big experience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet guy, like again, nothing, nothing malicious happened. It just, I remember describing to like either a therapist or a friend, like it was like a zombie relationship. Like we're just like we're bored. Like it's right. time to like move on. I didn't understand. I'm saying now, like I was so young, we should have just moved on. Like I just, I could not fathom ending this relationship. Like right. as you just said, I care about relationships so much, friendships and romantically, within my family. Like I could not fathom that there was just no I I really couldn't wrap my head around even though I was I understood what my feelings were they were really big I was sure that something was wrong right I just I could not get myself from point a to point b and it got to a point where my my dad literally just came to Richmond and plucked me from my life I was in school I had a job that I was also working in school he I mean Indigo, my, who's my best friend, was calling my place of work while I'm having like a sh- like screaming, hyperventilating, panic attacks in the background. Right. And he's calling my place of work on my behalf saying like, hey, so Callie can't come to work today. We're really not well. Like it took over my whole life. The, just the anxiety of the, of the relationship ending, as you said. Right. Loss of person in death is... Is one is like the number one thing one that sucks right. in life. No doubt. The number two thing for me personally is loss of relationship. They're they're the same to right. me. Like it really it really felt like someone was dying. Yeah. And I couldn't wrap my head around it. So my dad <clears throat> came and got me, and he was like, "We're done." Like I was not taking care of myself. I was not eating. I it was about it was not okay. Yeah. I went to this outpatient program in Richmond for two weeks, and it was. I think, I don't want to say life-saving. It was life-changing for sure. Yeah. 
um, I forget exactly what they called it, but it was the first time anyone ever sat me down and explained to me what wellness was. Yes. Like, explained to me as someone who has a, a lot of anxiety and a lot of feelings, like, hey, these are some, these are some ways we can maybe manage these big feelings. Right. And how to listen to what my gut was telling me. And it was just a really great experience. I mean, I went in saying to the resident therapist, just so you know, I will not participate in group therapy. And I, I am just going to spend these two weeks crying the whole time. Absolutely. And she was like, okay. Yeah. And I was wrong. Like, I loved it. I, I, I talked a lot in group therapy. And it was just nice for me as someone who was really having just a lot of feelings. And, yeah. To see other people who were struggling yes. in ways that I wasn't and also kind of in similar ways. And that was just the first time that anyone explained to me, like, you have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your head or this will happen. Right. And so now, so now is that what yeah. you do? Is that you take care of yourself or is that still that transition period of kind of maybe taking those days to go through those panic attacks? Yeah. So I actually taught my, my therapy today my therapy session today, we talk about this the whole time because I kind of, as you know, I've gone through some smaller breakups in the last year and they're still really hard for me. Yeah. Um, what it looks like now, um, and I chose to answer it like this because Katie, who we've mentioned, is also my best friend and lives directly next to me. Yes. So I'm sharing a wall. Yeah. People are seeing me, you know, right. Katie knows what I'm up to, right. Katie can hear me, you know, Katie got to witness it pretty, you know, in a close fashion this time around and it looks a lot different and I was explaining it to my therapist today because everyone always wants to check in and say, is this the best way for Callie to handle this? And I'm like, listen, I'm not saying it's fun, but what I, what I do and what I have to do feels like the best route for me. And it's an, definitely a positive evolution from what used to happen when I was 20, when right. I was 20, like what I just explained to you. For example, you know, the last little breakup I went through, I really need to, because I'm, you know, because I want to be in a relationship so badly and I value it so highly. It's really hard for me to, number one, go through the, the morning process of not having something that I want. Right. It's really hard for me to come Same. to come to grasp with that. Same. Um, I have OCD and anxiety, so I'm doing a lot of ruminating alone. Yeah. I'm taking, again, a lot of baths. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of thinking. I'm not having panic attacks. I'm not crying. I'm, I'm eating. I'm doing my job. It's just that that is simply all I have the capacity for yeah. is my job and worrying worrying about this romantic situation and I think that's what makes me different from a lot of other people like I'm, I know that a lot of people don't react to breakups and relationship problems and romantic problems in the way that I do yeah I've seen it happen a lot of times right like it really takes over my whole life I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing trauma and stress like a lot's going on in my life right now as you know but this little breakup I had to go through recently just about you know it takes over my whole life right and everyone's like, is this the best way for you to go about it? And I'm like, it, it certainly feels like a positive progression right. from what I used to do. Yes. If Callie needs to take two weeks where you don't really see her and she's in her house doing some extreme processing. Yeah. It's, it's better than, it's better than yeah. what I used to do. So, And what I told my therapist today was I imagine that each time I prove to myself 
I can handle my big emotions and I can handle the negative feelings that come with a breakup that it might get easier every time. Not to say I would like to have too many right. more breakups. Oh, yeah. Um, I am counting on having to go through more breakups. It's just, I told her today, I don't, I know that there's no reverting. I have no fear mm-hmm. that the next time I get hurt romantically, there's ever a chance of me reverting back to 20 year old Callie, who is literally losing. I lost 20 pounds in two weeks, dude. Like right. I, there's no chance of me. Do, I know I have the tools now. I, I know how to take care of myself. I understand what my options are. Yes. I'm, you know, older and wiser and I've, I've done this before and I've had, I've had to prove to myself you'll be okay. Yeah. So that's, that's like what I couldn't understand when I was 20. I simply did not see a world in which I would be okay. Right. After this breakup, after this loss of relationship. Right. And now, as I told my therapist, I know that everyone's worried about me while I'm in my apartment doing my hibernating. Yes. But I always reemerge. Like Indigo, who's been around for 10 years, has seen me do this many times. Right. I, I, I know for a fact now it is a truth that I hold while I'm alone in my apartment doing my anxiety processing. Yeah. Even while I'm doing that and it's hard and it hurts, I know I'm going to be okay. And before, I did not think that. Right. At all. Right. And like when I was younger, I remember thinking things like, oh my God, I'm going to be like a 20-year-old person someday who's out in the dating world. And if I ever have to go through a breakup again, I simply won't make it. Like, I don't know how people do this. I will never be able to do this. I'll never be able to date casually and make decisions for myself. And I'll never be able to just only choose what serves me because it will hurt. Like, I really genuinely thought that, which I think is super sweet and cute. And (laughs) yes, it is. And I get it. That's just like, it really felt that, it really felt that overwhelming to me. Yeah. In those ages. And now, definitely feels overwhelming, but I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot less. It's, you know, I I feel like it's just this this thing, that this processing that I have to do. It's very Scorpio of me. It is very Scorpio. It's very Scorpio of me. Like, I, and you know, this past little breakup, I knew, you know, two weeks into this little situation that this would be, a, like, I knew that it wasn't going to last but right. I have to do the processing the morning for yep. like a while I really have to purge it from myself yeah and then I'm gonna do my Scorpio you know full death and rebirth where I'm like yeah and I'm good I think that that's what's so crazy is like what Callie's describing is she literally will just hibernate for like two weeks and then she just comes back clean and clear yeah I'm like hey um I'm the baddest bitch and <laughs> like, I, I'm telling you right now I've been through a breakup or two and I that could not be me I, it takes me like a month and it's, it's one of those things where like I'll be out and then I just start tearing up. We're going to pause right there? Yeah. A month? Yeah. It takes me like a month. To do what? Get over somebody. That is so little time. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, life goes on. Life goes on, baby. Yeah. Right, on to the next one. Life yeah. goes on. Yeah. Okay. Corey, no 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 <laughs> Okay. We're not talking about that. <laughs> I uh, I don't know how many months it would take, and we would just have to see. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yes, I I feel like that's so. To me, being able to just kind of take it and do it on your own in two weeks, like yeah, I guess like it is interesting. Like, what is your perception of what I'm doing? I know Katie probably talked to you about it, and like I remember the first time that yeah. happened this summer. Yes, like around Bonnaroo times. That was that was a hard one. That was a rough one. Yeah. And like all of my closest friends are like, Hey, Cal. Um we're worried about you. Like this behavior is not normal. And I 100% understand that. And if the shoes were not on my feet and they were on one of y'all's feet, right? like 
roles were reversed, I would also be concerned and I get it. Yeah. But like as, you know, Katie's been like, I trust you. Right. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, trust me because I'm what I'm doing in here, it feels like I'm just therapizing myself. Exactly. Yes, admittedly in like an OCD, excessive rumination type way. Sure. But it's it literally it works. That's you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm works. saying. Like I, I reemerge. Right. How I feel right now is significantly different than how I felt a month ago, and I've yes. had to do some serious hibernating. I think the first time that um, Katie and you had met, you were also going through a breakup. 100%. And was. she was telling me about it, and this was before you and I were close, so I remember her telling me, like, Callie's not coming out of the apartment. Callie's, like, she's going through her own thing. Yeah. And she would say, like, should I be concerned? She would be asking me because she, you know, wants to – she doesn't want to not be doing anything. That's not Katie. And I kind of always said, like, everybody does their own thing. I know I do my own thing, so I very much respect people doing their own thing. And it wasn't until after I met you and learned that you were a Scorpio. Oh, but it's more about you in general. Like, but, oh, yeah, I get it. And I, that was all I needed to hear. That she's, was all I needed. She's phoenixing. Right. I was like, <laughs> she's fine. Okay? I have a mom Scorpio and a sister Scorpio. I get Scorpios. I understand what you're doing. So, like, in the grand scheme of things, do I think it's – the healthiest thing in the world. No, because I want you to be able to grab onto other people and, and use to bring you up. But the thing is, is you do. When I can. Yes. Exactly. And so yeah. that is why, is exactly what Kitty said. I trust you. Hands up. Yeah. So that's another thing I definitely want to mention is that part of the reason I'm, I feel safe and I am safe while I'm doing this hibernating thing for lack of a better phrase yeah. is that I, I do have the best friends in the world. And that I know that at, at any moment, if it did become overwhelming or too much while I'm in there doing my processing, at any moment, right. I could call any of you yeah. and you would be there very quickly. Exactly. Like, I know that through and through. And right. so that's obviously very helpful. Yeah. But, you know, I've had to explain it to Indy, like, over the course of our 10-year friendship, you know, through breakups, I've just had to say... This has, you know, we've had our moments where Indy's like, am I doing something wrong? Like, right. we are normally so attached at the hip, and all of a sudden you cannot speak to me. Like, it's gotten to the point where, like, you send me a text message and I, I literally can't respond to it. Right. Like, I don't, there's, there's I no have capacity. no capacity for anything other than me and my anxiety, and I will get to the end of it. Yeah. But, like, until then, I, I can't, I have no outlets. Like, right. I might have a therapist. I'll have therapy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but other than that, <laughs> like, I can't. I can't talk about it. Right. I, it feels like I can't talk about it. Yeah. And then, you know, like, I always, I reemerge, you know, Lil Bear Callie reemerges from the cave, and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm a little ready, ready to talk about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I get that it's super intense. No, and but I think it is a, a weird thing that you do. Um, but I think I've it's, been doing it. It's right. the same thing. Every, it's less intense every time yeah. in terms of, you know, how I'm, how the anxiety is actually manifesting itself. Yeah. Like, I didn't do any crying this last time. It's just, it's a lot of, like, I'm in my house. There's no music on. I like to put it like this. I'm not doing a lot of ass shaking in the kitchen. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm not <laughs> right. I'm not listening to music. I'm not watching TV. I'm, like, just either, yeah, I'm either really trying to distract myself on Instagram yeah. or I'm laying down and, like, doing some breathing or yeah. I'm really just running through the thoughts I've been having to just really convince myself why this is the right thing for me. Right. And then I get to the end of the road and I'm, like, it's decision time. Let's do it. I'm going to be sad for a little bit. Then I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And then in true Scorpio fashion, in like three days, 
I'm fine. I was <laughs> like, say, you know what I mean? just like, eagerly waiting for the text. Kyle's like, well, I'm that. out. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. And that's... it happened this time around. It fully happened this past week. Yeah. Like I was able to do some things I haven't been doing specifically, like hanging out with um, my friends who aren't as close with me, like my acquaintance type friends. I yeah. have had no, I don't have energy for that type of thing when yeah. I'm in an anxious place. So. No, I feel you. I'm reemerged. Just update there. She's reemerged. Hey, yeah. yes. I'm really to hear. So yeah, that's my that's my answer for that question. I, I don't know anyone else that does that. It's not me. <laughs> so I'd, I'd like to see it. And again, that's why I think you have a unique perspective. Yeah. Um, question four: What is a trauma that has shaped you slash or you are still trying to break through? Yeah, this was a classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a classic. We've got some daddy issues. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no specific trauma. Got a got a good collection. Yeah. Um, I grew up with a dad and a mom who loved me deeply. They still love me deeply. They really provided for me and support, supported me in a lot of ways. My dad, though, um, I didn't know until I was about 15. My dad is an alcoholic, and I guess I guess now I would say recovering alcoholic. And I say I guess because it's just not something we talk about often. Right. Or enough. <clears throat> but it, through all the therapy I've been in, I just learn more and more every year how deeply my childhood ha- it affected me and continues to affect me in everything that I do. I am currently kind of trying to come to terms with the fact that my childhood kind of sucked in certain ways. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of painful things that happened growing up and most of them are centered around my dad and drinking and addiction but I don't think I really realized until very recently in therapy that I had been doing a, a, some sugar coating in my own brain. Ooh, okay. Of what my familial reality actually is. Right. Like, I really loved going home after school yeah. as a kid. Like, I, I, you know, my brother, you know, Dan, yes. is my best friend in the whole world. We don't fight, he's been my best friend. Since he was born, it was immediate. Like, he is the love of my life. Like, he two years. Yeah, it's perfect. He, you know, he. So, when I look back on my childhood, all I see is Dan. And all I see when I see Dan is literally just like pure joy and like the best memories of all time. Right. But shout out to Dan. I was going to say, Dan's the best. (laughs) Can't wait for you to hear that part, bro. Um, Love you. Yeah, Dan's the best. So, like, and I have an older brother, Ryan. He's my half brother. And. I was going to say, you were an aunt, and you're not talking about Dan having kids. And I, I already know, know that he did it. Dan doesn't have kids. Everyone goes, wait, Dan had a kid? I'm like, no, no, no. no. It's the older brother. Right. He's married. Um, that was such a gift, too. My my brothers were such gifts to me that, like, it's hard for me to look back on my childhood and be like, it sucked. Because, like, right. I really did it. Right. And, I, you know, I had everything I needed. Yeah. My parents came to everything I ever did. Right. I felt safe at home generally. Yeah. And I say generally because it didn't start to get rocky until I was, like, in high school. And in high school, that's when I found out that my dad had an addiction and for the greater you know the beginning of my life it wasn't an issue I didn't know anything was wrong I didn't really I didn't know 
they were good liars. You know, we'd find some AA books downstairs, and they'd be like, oh, those are her for your grandmother, which was a good lie because oh she's an alcoholic, too. <laughs> so it made sense. I was like, oh, for, those are definitely <laughs> for Nanny because she drinks. So, like, is Nanny your dad's mom? Oh, yeah. Okay, T. Yeah, so definitely genetic, guys. Say, <laughs> definitely the genetic, path. yeah. Follow the path. Makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I – there was a lot of ugliness in high school centered around my dad. And I centered around my dad, but I was very much involved and often the catalyst for huge, huge arguments. Right. Because I, I was 16 or 17, and I – all I saw was behavior that was inappropriate. Yeah. Um, and abusive. I I didn't learn to label it as abusive until and until the last two or three years. But very much abusive. Like I and what so, sparked it to know like it was abusive. Like when did you know? What was it? Did someone say something? Was it therapy? Well, I knew at the t- like in the moments as a teenager when we would be at the dinner table and all of the sudden my dad is screaming and very angry and it doesn't make sense and he's saying crazy shit to me to my mom to my brother I knew that this was very bad and wrong I wasn't like going to my room writing in my diary like my dad was so abusive tonight like I didn't know that right I knew that this was very bad and it felt very bad and I would always involve myself and he was drunk like I didn't I didn't know that right um it just got really you know got ugly he got a DUI my parents separated at one point then he moved back in when he got the DUI and I did. What a time. Dude, truly what time to be alive. Wild. Right. Um, I was just very much always at the center when it came to communication. And even as a 14-year-old, even as a 15-year-old, I'm trying to fix a lot of things. So hard, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the classic story. And like, like just Notice. really carrying things that a 15-year-old shouldn't carry and being privy to stuff that I shouldn't have been privy to in my parents' relationship, etc., and it's hard for me to talk about or it's it's hard for me not to sugarcoat it or it has been hard for me not to sugarcoat it in my mind because saying things out loud like well let me back up there's been a lot a lot of trauma right and pain just between the ages of 15 and 18 but that has continued the the whole way into my adult life right. like i could really truly go on and i'm happy to talk about any of it, I just I don't even know what example I don't even know which examples to choose of just like some really intense emotional abuse from my dad, you know the and all you know usually involving alcohol but always tying back to like just a really not good mental state that my dad is in but like the worst things that have ever been said to me have come out of my dad's mouth and so the sugarcoating comes in because I'm obsessed with my dad I always have been I was a daddy's girl growing up like I am. I'm similar to him in a lot of ways. So I'm finally getting to the point where I'm saying out loud, and this brings in, like, the conversation we're having about my mom. And because she hated her body, I kind of hated my body. So, like, it's it's gotten to the point in therapy where I'm saying, hey, my parents were good parents. Yes. And, like, they did the best with what they had. But, like, it wasn't enough. No. And, unfortunately... I was affected by that, and these are the ways in which it affects me. And the thing with my dad that I've had to do a lot of discovery about recently is that, you know, Freud was on to something, you know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. Like, all of the decisions I've made romantically very much reflect the fact that I had an emotionally abusive father 
And the things I say I desire in a man or a partner, it makes complete sense when you consider what I was lacking from my dad. And that's wild. I was going to say, just give me a quick little example. Like, we've talked about my big feelings. Yeah. I love that about myself. I never wanted to change. I don't think that it could change even if I wanted it to. Right. My big feelings let me experience everything in a big way. So that includes negative things, neutral things, and really great things. I really feel how beautiful life is sometimes, you know? So I don't want that to change, and I like it, and I think it makes me a good partner and a good friend and all that. But that being said, when I think about the type of partner I want to be with, it's someone who, like, creates a safe container space for all those big feelings and who always shows up for me and I never have to worry about leaving and who would never yell at me and who is very calm and, like, really emotionally regulated, yeah. et cetera, things yeah. that, like, my dad was not right. and continues not to be. Yeah. Um, and so I think about dating. It's, it's again, classic. Like, you know, with um, you know, suffering emotional, emotional abuse from your dad and having parents who weren't really emotionally regulated often leads people to choose partners who are also not emotionally regulated or emotionally unavailable. Yeah are not able to communicate in a healthy way, and that is 100% what I've done my whole life. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, which is just so wild. I mean, it's what we're familiar <clears throat> with. We love, yeah. our bodies love familiarity, habits, patterns, cycles, and, I mean, it's not, it's, you're going to hear this your entire life, and I've already told you, and it's not your fault. Yeah. As long as you're not beating yourself down and being like, ugh, why am I this way? It's, I mean, there's literal evidence, so at least you know, and you're self-aware, and those are the little things that'll help you keep going through. I think, yeah, you're, you're right. And I, it, it's never really affected my self-worth, honestly. Right. Consciously, but definitely unconsciously. Like, I, right when I met Katie, you were talking about that I was going through a breakup, and I was. I had just broken up with a boy who was very, very mean to me, very, like, I didn't know, like, I spent two years in a relationship with someone who was very emotionally abusive, very manipulative, and was cheating on me the whole time. Like, I just, I had no idea. And I remember getting out of that relationship. I I just woke up one day and finally was like, hey, Indigo, I think this, I think this guy is really mean to me. Yeah. And, like, I explained all this stuff to Indy that nobody knew about because I wasn't telling anyone. And we broke up. And then I'm in therapy like, oh, the reason that I let that boy treat me like that for two years is because my dad has already been treating me like that for 10, gotcha. for 15. Right, right. And that's like really, I would, it just was not, it's very true. Yeah. Uh, just sucks to say out loud because yeah. I want to sugarcoat it and I want to say my dad is my superhero. You know, it, it's just not true. Right. Like that's, um, I'm really grateful for what my parents have given me. But I was not handled with care emotionally as a child. And so to put it simply, I'm trying to find someone who will handle me with care. Right. Um, But I also do a lot of, like, I still have to work through in therapy the concept of trying to, I will over-explain my worth to someone. I will, I will, I want to prove it to you. I want to force you to respect me the way that I think you should, which is just like, oh, you're, you have daddy issues. <laughs> like, it's like, it makes sense to me. I get it. Right. I, I've been doing a lot of talking about it in therapy, but people will show me yeah. over and over again in their words or their actions 
that they don't deserve my time. Right. And I, I mean mainly emotion. I, I mean actually totally romantically because I don't operate that way with my friends. Right. Romantically, I, I make people prove to me that they're not worth my time. And it doesn't just end there. Right. I then take the step of trying to prove to them why they should value me so much. And I try, like, just like I have been with my parents so inappropriately, I'm trying, I create the intentional conversation moment between my dad. I don't trust other people to fix it. I only trust myself because of, my dad didn't fix it. My mom never fixed it. I I carried that. And so that's the breakthrough, honestly, is just realizing, as I think a lot of us are, based on conversations I have with you and my other friends, just realizing how, how, I mean, this is a really unfortunate, but, like, how deeply our parents can fuck us up. Yeah. Um, and how much we can love them at the same time and said, appreciate them. And, yeah. Two um, things can happen at once. Yeah. Um, and I think me. I, I, I didn't think that at first. Like, I remember being so angry with my parents when I realized that they had brought me so much trauma that I was angry and I would come to holidays angry. And now I come neutral mm-hmm. because, um, you know, they did the best they could. And there are still some ways where my parents are helping me, especially, like, financially right now as I'm going through, um, you know, being fired and trying to find a job. But I think also just um, – and by financially, I mean, like, they, they're letting me clean their house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like doing – I'm That's coming sweet. back and I'm doing the chores, but I'm they're doing like it for a fee. making the house dirty and they're like, yeah, yeah. come over. Really <laughs> and that's just – you know, and whether or not I, like, have to work for it or not, I just appreciate that they're willing to do that for me. Um, but you know, if this had happened to me when I was 20 years old, I would have never gone to my parents for help. I would have never said, is there anything I can do around the house? Is there anything I can help with? Like I would have never been that way. So I, I feel you. It took me a while to figure out that I can kind of have those two things at once. Yeah. What you're speaking about is the second half of the equation, which is realizing the negative ways in which trauma or abuse or just the way you were handled in childhood affects you today. And then the second part is having to make boundaries or create boundaries to protect yourself, to protect your inner child, which is the hardest part. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that breakthrough. Just realizing that there are some, some truths that I haven't been fully wrapping my head around. Yeah. um, And that I'm unfortunately going to have to, I've been saying break up with my parents in certain ways. Right. For myself. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and I wish you nothing but the best on your journey with that because I think that it's also hard to be talking about it and realize, like, that part's not over and, like, you don't know yeah. what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And so I just – I'm always here for you because, I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be crazy. Yeah, they certainly continue. don't – they give us all these classes in high school and college and none of them none are of them. about, like, how to deal with all of the trauma that your parents give you and, and that's why you have a weird attachment style now. It's that's like the Pythagorean theorem, bro. Or like, could we have a class about taxes? You know, oh my gosh. Something. I will never forget. There was somebody that <laughs> came. There was somebody that came. I will never forget this. Um, for a day and subbed in for like a history and class. And nobody listened. And nobody listened. And we were like, free day. Yeah, <laughs> and nobody, and nobody cared. I did not pay attention and still to this day, I'm like, oh my gosh. And they gave me the one chance and I didn't take it. Whatever. Okay. Good trauma there. Love to Good hear trauma. It. Good trauma. Honestly, though, yes. so thankful for all of it. Yes. The reason that I am a good communicator, the reason that I am a good friend, the reason that I think I'm a great partner yeah. is because I was forced to do a lot of inappropriate communicating, a lot of just like overwhelming introspection on behalf of myself, trying to figure out my parents' heads. Like, yeah. 
wouldn't wouldn't trade it wouldn't change it like I really appreciate all that stuff which I've tried to explain you know my parents feel guilty and I'm like listen y'all did gen generally speaking a great job right right certain areas right f right f you know what I mean the report report card, card. a lot of the area you know a lot of the classes we got a's in yeah man certain areas you guys really didn't even come to class no you did not show up but that's okay generally you know the average right good and i'm good i'm a great person thank you right exactly for the exactly so thank you so much and i think that that also just shows like you can take trauma and work through it like you said you were able to kind of break through it and be able to now set boundaries, be your truest self. And that kind of leads into our next question, which is what are some common barriers that you feel like prevent people from being authentic and fully true to themselves? A million ways to answer this question. Yeah. The first one that comes to mind, at least I immediately think of like spaces and how spaces work. Like I work in a corporate space and I'm on teams where we talk about how can we make our people at our workplace feel comfortable to bring their authentic selves to work. And that's a conversation we have all the time, which then leads into the conversation of a lot of the barriers that are, that are in place that hinder people from being able to be, excuse me, truly authentic are things like things that are systemic that we all know exist. Like, okay. An easy one would be racism. You know what I mean? Like, or just being in a room full of people that don't look like you. Yeah. Um, Stuff like that. And for me, I've lived such a privileged life. Like, I don't... That's not something I've experienced a lot of. Um, I, I went to school... I went to high school in Blacksburg, Virginia. Not just high school. I grew up there. I mean, there... It's... It is a... It is extremely white place. Yeah. I... As, like, a cisgender, white, female, growing up in that way, I, I really didn't feel like there were barriers in my way and then I came to school here and that's when I started learning learning more about the barriers that other people experience yeah um with that being said though in a smaller sense of of what gets what gets in people's way like being them true their true selves I think that if you don't have people around you that or people family whatever if you don't have people around you or a space to go to where you actually feel free to do that, it's number one, hard to do that. And number two, hard to even know what your authentic self is. Right. And that even though I haven't experienced a lot of barriers in life, like I've lived a very privileged life, I want to acknowledge that, I have been able to figure out who my authentic self is, mainly because of my friendships. Right. And finding people who give me that space to not only be be free to be me, but figure it out. But finding like a support system that yeah. really just is around you finding that lets your you people, be that. which is a very common thread for Cali. I I deeply value relationships and the spaces that those can provide to you. Right. For the record, like this specific episode, we've had to reschedule a couple of times, and like it's always kind of been on my end, which. To me, I have sometimes a hard time saying like, "Hey, I'm so sorry. Can we reschedule?" And. Callie just without fail immediately sent me a voice memo that was like, first of all, we don't do that in this family. Mm-mm, like we don't, we don't, we don't apologize for having to reschedule. Like we've, we're fine. And that was like the biggest release knowing that like that was my biggest anxiety and like that wasn't even a problem. And just like finding people in that kind of support system that feel the same way has benefited me so much because I feel like I don't have to worry, mm-hmm. you know, to 
have friends that care, if that makes sense. A hundred percent makes sense. I mean, I, you know that I live for you guys. Like, I, I live for my friend group. Seriously, people yes. are like, what are your hobbies? And I'm like, Us. it's these six people that, <laughs> that I love a lot. And I pretty much just, all I think about all day is my friends. Right. But it's life-changing life-changing it is it absolutely is um in a lot of ways like support wise too but just in terms of like figuring out who I was meeting Indigo specifically in college and having a friend that was so so different from me yeah but we loved each other so much immediately and nothing we did mattered because it was just it was a known fact that we were each other's space right and that if you want to be somebody today that you're not tomorrow that's cool and i've got your back no questions I'll dude see you like tomorrow. yeah they've just been pivotal for me what so. would you say like to people that could hear you people that are maybe wanting to be their authentic selves maybe are in like a relationship where they're trying to break through they want to change things up what would you say if they could hear you specifically about in the realm of friendships or finding their people or just just in general well first of all it's just going to be okay like, it's just going to be okay. Yeah. Um, there have definitely been times where I've felt I, – I have really great friends, but the feeling the feeling of just something is happening to me that's really hard and I don't have a place to go be authentic or I don't have a, go, a place to process this. Even though it feels hard, you only you do only need yourself. Right. You do only need yourself at the end of the day. You can right. do it. Yeah. Write it down maybe. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> It, Writing down it's house. hard. Yeah. yeah. Write yourself I know notes. you do that a lot. I do. Um, I just, I lean a lot on the phrase, the only way out is through. Okay. I love that. A lot. I'm not really one for a mantra, but besides that one, like the only way out is through. Yes. Just everyone knows what that means, but you can't really circumvent things. Like if you're going through something, you have to go through it. Right. Absolutely. Can't, unfortunately, can't go around it. Right. No. Um, and there's really no telling like how long it will take, but I, I can promise that you will exit. You yes. know, in one way or another, you're gonna exit. Yeah. Um, but my second piece would just be to like if you don't if you don't have your your chosen family or your 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 place to go to, you you should probably find it. Yeah. And I know that that's easier said than done. But, like, I, I do think that you should – like, I, I encourage people to put effort into that. Yeah. Like, find out your passions, your hobbies. Yeah. And I'm really struggling with that. that right now, honestly. Really? Yeah. Because you're on a podcast, so you're doing okay. Yeah, except it's your podcast, and I'm – It's you know, our podcast today. I'm going to leave eventually, and then I don't have another podcast to do. That's fine. I can just keep sending more questions if you want. I just <laughs> – I just – Okay, so you're my therapist. Right. Okay, cool. I'll well, just put my other one. you know. I'm not. I am not licensed. Let it be known for the record. Um, but I can't tell. Sorry. Feels like it. Feels like it. You're funny. Um, but no. Okay. So find your family. I feel like you're right because those people are going to be the people that are. 100%. I just. I mean, this kind of this. It's a common theme for me. Like I. The most life changing aspect of my life has been my friendships. Yeah. I, Having the intimate friendships that I've had and continue to have has been pivotal. I don't, it's not that I don't think I would have gotten through things or I wouldn't have figured things out on my own because I know that I would have. It just has like really changed my life to have friends in the way that I have friends. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely hear you. Which is in a really deep way. And I was talking to Indy the other day about we were just talking about hard things. I was talking to Indy about, Indy about <clears throat> these questions 
and about breakthroughs, traumas, etc. And Indy was like, oh my god, I can't, I can't really imagine what it would be like to not have you or like right. have because we are all just not we're not just friends like right. I know you know that it's right family yeah, yeah. they are relationships like yeah this shit is intimate and then he was like oh my god I don't know that that's that terrifies me and I'm like same and I recognize that a lot of people don't have that and yeah. to be honest with you that's why I'm like you need to go find it yeah if you don't value relationships maybe you don't need to go find it but like right. for me I I've been this way my whole life. Like, in high school, I had a best friend. Yes. And that was still life-changing to me then. Yeah. A lot of hard shit happened to me in high school. And, like, if I didn't have her, you know, I don't – my processing would have been so much different. I don't know – it would have affected me negatively so much more, I think. Right. Yeah. If you don't – if you don't have someone that makes you feel safe. Right. It's really hard to feel safe. Yes, absolutely. Especially when you are in those moments. Yeah. We were not even feeling safe within ourselves. Yes. Yeah. So finding and utilizing people uh, and finding those relationships and those soulmates. That sentence is really important of yeah. not feeling safe in yourself. Yes. Because that's, that's when it becomes pivotal. Like, right. I'll never forget when I I literally just woke up one morning and was like, oh, my God, I think I'm in an abusive relationship. Right. I woke up and I was like, I have to come, I have to come over right now. To, I called Indy. Indigo. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't uttered this sentence out loud. And I have to say, I have to utter it to someone and yeah. it has to be you and only you. Right. And like, there have just been so many moments like that in friendship, like friendship with Indy and, and all of you. But like, I'm the, if you need me to drive you to the breakup, yes. I'm going to drive you to the breakup. Yes. You're going to call me at 1am and you're sick. I'm coming over. Right. Like, and that's been reciprocated to me. Yes. I just, I know that, I, first of all, I know that I'm extremely lucky and I feel so extremely lucky to have in, not only encountered you all in the way that I've encountered all of you I'm also just so grateful that like these friendships have turned into what they've turned into it's right. not just a me thing like it's all reciprocated and you know I feel so supported and I know you guys feel supported by me I just I feel lucky to have encountered that and I also recognize that like it's simply not that easy for a lot of people no nope. and that there are a lot of people that feel lonely and that there are a lot of people that feel like they don't have their people yeah and that is that sucks, and that that is so scary for me to think about. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I think it's just kind of like the like hold on until you find them. Yeah, like, like what don't you were saying, settle like, for these not as good friends as they could be. Like if you feel like you're being mistreated, know your worth, because there are people that are going to care. There are people that are going to be there, and there are people that are going to reciprocate that yeah. energy that you want to provide for people. Yeah. You all are the biggest example to me of how I want energy to be yes. reciprocated. Yes, to agreed. Me. Yeah. 100%. Um, whew, that was deep. Love you. I mean, I thought a minute ago you were going to ask me, you were like, what would you say to people? And I was like, oh my God, are you asking me to say something to our friend group right now? Because I'm a crying. Oh my God. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. No, because I'll honestly do that after the fact. Yeah. People don't even hear that. People are like, gross, <laughs> y'all know, please. Y'all know. Get yeah. over yourselves. Okay, next question. Number six. You find yourself in a space where you aren't able to be true to who you are. How do you respond? I'm out that bitch. What yeah. do you mean? Okay. Bye. <laughs> I'm leaving. Yeah, but that's fair. I'm giving everybody the stank eye and I'm leaving. Right. For real though? Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, my honest answer or a few minutes ago, my honest answer to that is I genuinely haven't found myself in too many situations. Same, yeah. Where I'm 
not able to be myself. And a lot of that is because of privilege. And some of that is because I like who I am. Yes, exactly. And I don't want to put myself in situations yeah, where and I'm not like, able to like, be. Like we've just talked about, I am only friends with people right. who make me love who I am, who make it clear to me that they love who I am. Right. I just, otherwise, I'm just going to communicate it. Like, I, yes. I'm a communicator type of person. There you go. Like, I was thinking of examples of times where I haven't felt able to be my true authentic self. And the first example that comes to my mind is, like, growing up in my parents thinking that I'm religious. Yes. And me being like, no, I'm not. Right. And what did I do? Well, I told them. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm, oh I literally gosh. am, like, seven years old being, like, so, hey, I have anxiety. Right. And you guys aren't really getting my full vibe as a seven-year-old. I just want to tell you, Mom, here in the upstairs bathroom that we have painted teal, I want to tell you here in this bathroom as a seven-year-old, God isn't real to me. Okay? Yeah. Like, I just, you know, and then other times in church where my mom's like, you're going to have to do the confirmation process. And me being like, doing it, and then coming to her and being like, hey, this feels really bad for me. This isn't who I am. Just a reminder you're wanting me to lie yeah. to the whole church. And she was like, shit, you got me. Right. You don't have to do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. And I think that's what's so different but also cool about us is, like, I kind of went through the same process. And I remember thinking, like, this can't be real. Like, yeah. this is not real. And yeah. I pushed, not. Right. And yeah. I pushed through until 16. Like, I, I got a job that finally, like, pushed me away. Like, I got to work Sunday mornings. I didn't have to go to church anymore. And that was, like, huge for me that I wasn't being pushed into that aspect. Um, and so it's just the fact that you knew that at 7, to well, me, again, is just beautiful. I want to be clear. Yeah. I definitely tried to force myself. Fair. So, so that's the other side of this question is what do I do if I feel like I can't be my authentic self? Right. I'm just as human as the rest of us, like, and I'm not that badass of just, like, I leave. If it's not for me, I'm out. Like, <laughs> right, no, right. I, I stayed in an abusive relationship for two years. Like, right. if it's not for me, I'll figure it out eventually, and it'll hurt for a little bit. So, like, if I'm entering a space where I don't feel like I can be authentic, I think I'm having that conversation with myself. But, like, in this, this specific example of religion, like, growing up, I was like, hey, I don't believe in God. But you can bet your ass that I tried to, bro. Right. I yes. tried for years yes. to be like, I want to take the leap of faith. Like, yes. I'm an, I love, so big feeler. Right. A big feeler would love to believe in God. Dude. Oh my gosh. I love wow. Jesus camps. Loved them. Oh. I could feel so We much. should probably have a we separate should. podcast about this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like y'all capitalizing on a big feeler's emotion, not a Jesus camp. And me being like, what's wrong with me? Yes. Like, I want to, like, you know, oh. send you off. They send you off into a dark room. They're like, think about why you should believe in God and how your life won't be full if you don't. And I'm, like, really trying to force myself. And I'm having the narrative in my head of, like, what's wrong with you? Right. Like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, then I came to college and was like, just kidding. I was onto something here. I was onto something this whole time. I'm good. Yep. Never mind. So everything confirmed. Still feel the pressure of like the world wants to make you into certain things. And this can even go into the conversation of my body. Right. Like just because I'm in a different place with my body doesn't mean that sometimes when I walk into the campus at work, I'm not thinking like, I'm for sure the thickest bitch in this camp today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't mean that I'm not. I'm not aware of it or right. that I have to have moments where I'm like, and you strut to your desk, bro. Right. <laughs> like, it's not like I don't have to like remind myself what's up. Right. But right. no, I hear you. Honestly, though, I simply don't have time. Yep. Okay. And like, I don't, none of us should. No. None of y'all should. No. Like, we, 
None. There's no time. No, not not in the least. Not when we've got other things to do. Bigger fish to fry. And by that I mean, there are. I just want to be clear. Not everyone has the luxury of just saying, "I don't feel like I can be my authentic self in this space," so I'm just gonna bounce. Like that is not what's going on here. I mean to say, like, never let anyone put you in a box. If you are put in a box that you don't want to be in, we got to find our way out. Whether that's communicating, if you're at work communicate about it right find an ally find somebody like we don't accept things yeah absolutely and protect yourself obviously yeah emotionally but yeah i just want to be clear like i know i know not everyone has the luxury of just being like i'm just gonna exit this isn't for me i I feel like i can't be my authentic self here right you know at work i'm the only brown person in a room full of white people and i don't like that so i'm gonna leave like that is so unrealistic correct and like they have to push through yeah. every day. Yeah. I yeah. remember, I will never forget. And one day, I hope Nick is listening. But Nick and I, Nick, Nick <laughs> is black, and Nick was the only black person on our team. And I will never forget sitting in a room, and it was like his second day, and I was his trainer. And we sat down, and he leaned over to me, and he said, are there really no other black people on this team? And I was shook because, like, I don't think about that because I have, I'm so privileged. I don't have to. Yeah, I, exactly. I am the majority. And so that, to me, was wild just being like, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh. Like, I can't believe those are things you have to think about. Yeah. So, like, I hear you. We are very, very privileged in that in Extremely, that sense. extremely. Um, okay, so number seven, which is kind of the one of the last questions. We're down to the last two. Seven is, what is your biggest takeaway in life that has become your driving force now in your life? I feel like you know what I'm going to say. I'm ready. Well, it's just more classic Callie, like, my biggest takeaway so far in these 28 years is that for me personally, what I would, you know, kind of like to say that it's probably this way for everybody if we just all opened our eyes up. Right. There is nothing more valuable to invest my time in than the relationships that are meaningful to me for two reasons. One, it makes me feel good as shit. There is truly nothing that fulfills me more then celebrating y'all's birthdays, <laughs> laughing together, doing just sitting together. I like just I just being in the same room. Love you all so much. It. I just feel like I have a family. Yeah. And I mean, not to be. I mean, my life would suck without you, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly like, Clarkson, baby. It's true. It would suck so bad. It would, absolutely. Um, and the second side of that, the second part of that is in terms of just profit. You reap what you sow. Yeah. In terms of return from what I'm putting in, like, I, the return is so great. Yeah. Like, putting time and energy and love into relationships that are meaningful to me, the return on that investment is huge. Like, I never feel alone. Yes. That's not to say I don't feel lonely. Your girl feels mad lonely. That's not the same as feeling alone. Correct. I never feel alone. I feel so supported. And it's just because of who you guys are, who I've chosen to surround myself with and, like, chosen to, to foster these bonds. Like, I know who I am. I know what I deserve because of you guys. It's a constant reminder of how good I should feel. Absolutely. When it comes to making a new friend or meeting someone romantically or even how my parents treat me like you guys are it for me yeah like absolutely uh, that's just how in love with you guys I am and when shit gets really hard there's just nothing like having I mean in my mind there's nothing like having <laughs> the support of a friend group 
like I have. That you know will just drop any day. It feels so safe. Yes, it does. And I have felt so not safe so many times. Not in friendships. It's all the conversation. The theme here is like romantically and, you know, with my dad. Like I've spent a lot of time not feeling safe. Right. I feel so constantly safe. In terms of like someone who, but with my friends, I'm definitely an anxious attacher, meaning like romantically I base the way that I feel. I never feel safe. Unless our last interaction was safe. I feel as safe as our last interaction. Exactly. I have said that phrase so many yeah. times. Yeah. Proud, anxious, attacher over here. But that's exactly way. how I feel. Yep. Honestly, though, you guys are all the exception for me. Like, I never feel that way with any of you. Like, I just know that that's how strong our bond is and that's how loved I am by you guys. Like, not that we fight, but, like, if if tomorrow I woke up and I wanted to change a lot of things about myself – or I make a bad decision, I'm like, <laughs> squad's got me. Right. Like, everyone's got me. It's right. fine. Like, right. it's just so valuable to and me. And I think, too, that we're all just really big communicators. And, yeah. like, that was always communicated from the start. There's never really been anything, like, hidden. There was never anything never. that was, like, um, you know, you, you're going to learn this about me where it was, like, something that was, like, we all kind of jumped from the start and we were, like, this is who we are. This is what we're being. You're in or you're out. Yeah. And I think that that kind of energy when it's, like I said, reciprocated. I mean, there's just no better feeling. I feel like we all love ourselves and are still on that yeah. journey, but we're also all just kind of holding hands and walking down the path of life. I feel like we're holding hands too. Yeah, man, I really do because I don't feel we like... We all do so much different stuff. Exactly. We're all so different. We are, and yeah. I think that that's what makes it so fun. Like, being able to text that group chat and being like, hey, I got an offer, and, like, Dan responding to me, like, squad in the group chat right now, and it's like yeah. that entire, like, you know... I don't even know what, what is that called? It's not an audience. It's a crowd cheering. Yeah. And like right. that was just such a big feeling for me of like these people do have me. To give some context to our listeners, the friend group I keep referring to is very special to me because it's just, well, I was going to say it's something I've been working on, but it kind of is like what my favorite thing to do is meet my people. Yeah. And then if I feel it's appropriate, introduce those people. To a couple of my other people. Like, right. I, I keep a small circle on purpose. And, like, our current friend group is just so beautiful to me. It in, it includes my closest friend of almost a decade, Indigo, who I met in college, whose name is tattooed on my leg. Yep. And then this beautiful bridge that happened between me, you, and Katie. Katie, I just happened to move in next door to her. And we became friends instantaneously. Yes. She's the love of my life. Yes. <laughs> Y'all are all the love of my life. That's what makes it so beautiful. And, like, Katie introduced me to you. And you love Indy. I do. And my little brother's in the friend group. And he's friends with Katie's boyfriend. Like, we all just go together and we yeah. communicate. And we yes. laugh so oh much. We just laugh so much, dude. It's so important to me. Big smiles all the time. Yeah. I think that's just the best part about it, too. Mm, I Scorpio manipulated the situation to the best of my ability. Correct. I said, we are all going to be friends. Fine with me. And we're all going to do our part. And it worked out fine. Exactly. And now we just be. Exists. We do everything from just cook bacon in somebody's apartment to traveling on a train to Brooklyn <laughs> to just, like, who knows? It's the best. I think that's uh, – and, again, like – we are just all so, so different. I know. Um, when we were, like, walking out of that house, like, I will never forget the first time that, like, I turned a corner and I am in, like, a full-on wig, like, low-cut dress. Yeah. It's, like, rides up the sides. You can see all of my thighs. And I turned the corner and Dan was like, oh, hey. And, like, <laughs> never, and I was like, hey, sorry, I dress like this sometimes. And, like, yeah. ran down the stairs. And, like, that was just – but nobody ever – there's no judgment. Well, the backside you know I mean? of it is that, you, you know – 
Dan's truest thoughts are like, this friend group is so cool. Like, we all really do genuinely feel that way about each other. Yeah. And that's, you know, Indigo specifically, like, that's our whole thing. Yeah. We have been hella different from the moment we met, but we yes. all speak the same language. Yes, yes. Whatever yes. language that is. Yes. We all speak it. I like, we're it. all fluent. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, all right. Last and final question. Thanks for hanging on. Let's see how long this is. Okay, an hour and 35. Yeah. All right. Last and final question. What's a question that you want to ask the audience listening today? For the record, what I'm going to do is put this up on the Instagram after I post the podcast itself. Oh, you're going to put it on Instagram. And so then people can respond. Then and that changes my question. Okay. Here we go. Here's my question. Yeah. Are there any tall, dark, and handsome men who are looking for a 5'4", thick as hell, funny as hell? Oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, but for no, real, No, I though, love that. Let me know, though. I'm going to start talking to people. People I know. <laughs> I mean, if you know them, you should already be letting me know. You right. know what I mean? Honestly, no, they're all trash. Um, love y'all to pieces. Y'all already know who you are. But yeah, no, hit my Instagram, though. Hit, hit that DM. Yeah, 100%. It's almost Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, so my real question... It's almost fine. Yeah, I don't think oh it's yeah. yeah, I'm in a relationship with all the time. Yeah, again, I'm not in a relationship, <laughs> just for the record. If anybody out there is listening who's also not in a relationship, let me know. I'll be tagging Cal. Yeah. We'll be able to go see her. Pretty cute, I think. She's you know I mean? darling. Um, <clears throat> my real question. I thought about it. I, f- I feel like it goes with what I've been talking about this whole time. Are you loving intentionally? Oh, wow. And that means, are you loving yourself intentionally with purpose? Are you loving the people that you care about on purpose, intentionally, with intent? Because in my mind, if you are not, literally what else are we here for? That's just the way that my brain operates. Nothing is more important to me than my people and my relationships and myself. Yeah. And I say intentionally... And on purpose because I struggle with that. It's hard to. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to not be intentional and to not do things with purpose. Right. Like that. That's the struggle. Right. Um, and being purposeful in love can look like, for myself, looks like going to therapy and purposefully saying the number one thing I don't want to talk about first. Yeah. Or it looks like. Ending a relationship that doesn't serve me, even though I know it's going to be really painful. Yes. Um, Loving myself intentionally also means that if I know that what Callie needs is to spend two weeks at home (laughs) hibernating with her anxiety and taking hella baths, then that's what I'm going to do for Callie as long as I've figured out that's what's best for Callie. And, and, you know, in terms of how do I love others and my people intentionally, that's, that's just... I know that's not the way everyone thinks, but that's all I think about. No, I feel it. All I think about is, like, how to do that for myself. And then my friends, I just want you all to know that I will show up for you in anything. And so I just think about how to be intentional with my actions all the time and how I can support you or make you laugh or or et cetera. And I, I want to ask people that just because I just I want everyone to have what I have Yeah. in terms of friendship it just is everything to me like that that's all of my joy comes from there not all of it but most of it I'm a big majority I mean we get to choose our family and I think that's the craziest yeah. part is uh, maybe older generations didn't really understand that or get the ability to grasp that and that's also because they weren't able to see the world as openly as we are through the internet 
Um, yeah. We can, like you said, you know, you know, when you're talking about like, oh, I followed people that looked like me. Mm-hmm. Like people were never really able to see that before. Like we are a brand new generation of being able to do that. And you can find people online now that'll even be there for you more yeah. than people in your actual physical no, life. That's so true. Um, and I just, I think that's a beautiful thing is it doesn't matter who it is, as long as you're being intentional and really loving and being true to who you are as you're living your life. But intentional is such a big word for me. Actually, that's my na- next tattoo. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's well, my reveal, yeah. by the way. Nobody knows that besides you right now. And now whoever's listening. Big reveal at the big end of the episode, you guys. Episode. Oh, yeah. It's coming. I mean, intentional is a really big it's it a, is. It's important, like, all, because what are you doing if, if you're not being intentional? Yep. And I, I know that it's easier said than done. Like, I'm, I'm royally failing at loving myself intentionally right now. My therapist would be like, Callie, you're being a little hard on yourself. I was say, you're not really feeling. Like, right. There's a lot going on. There's, there's a, a, lot, a lot, lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Right. So I am trying to be more intentional with loving myself. And that just, that can. That can look like a lot of different things. I just, I'm saying pay attention to it. Right. And also, like, your friends, pay attention to them. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think that's also a, a, a kind of beautiful way to end it, though, is that, again, you're able to say yes, do all these things intentionally, but also have the self-awareness of, like, actually, you know what? Right now, it's not as strong as it could yeah. be, but I'm doing the best that I can. And as long as you're giving yourself that credit, there's nothing more, um, I think, true to that and making sure that you're actually – yeah, I know, right? It was cute, right? She winked at me when I said that. And, uh, be true, true to you. Be true to you. Be pie. true. Keep it but true. I think that that's it is. That's how you're able to really stay connected to yourself and be real. And I think that's very fabulous that you're able to connect with yourself in that way. So I just not, yeah, taking some time to be clear. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're I mean, in progress. But I think that you know, I'm so glad that I figured it out at 23 and not 33. Yeah. And I'm taking everything that I can and realizing. Thank God I have this. And by God, I mean Harry Styles. And I cannot express that enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I'm honored. I cannot believe so it fun. that we have come this far. And in all honesty, if you've made it this far, blessings. Because we love you guys. And we know who's who listened to the whole thing. So, yeah. We love you so much. And Working on working on the ADHD subject changing a lot. Thanks for hanging in, guys. I, was a really, <laughs> I feel like we're interesting. Like, to me, I would totally listen oh, to that. Oh, I feel like we're interesting, yeah. too, bro. Expressive, <laughs> good. Um, any last words, Holmes? No, just thank you for having me. I'm so excited just to hear who comes on here next and tries to do as good of a job as I did. It's going to be so. tough, Hannah. It's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I just want to say all the love forever and always. Have a great rest of your day, whatever you're doing. And don't forget to be true to you.